Hello, and welcome to episode 135 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Stuart Butler, and I'm joined today with Pete DeMeo. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for not jumping in too soon today. I, I was holding myself back. Good. And Melissa Kavanaugh. Howdy ho. And Phil Fariska. Hey, everybody. So, guys, bad news. What happened? This is going to be our last ever episode. What? Oh, no. Say it isn't so. What's going to happen? Well, so today we're going to be trashing Google a little bit. <clears throat> And I'm afraid that, you know, they're ultimately going to destroy everyone, but they might might start with fuel because we're going to start spreading some truthage towards them. Hashtag truth. What do you think? You think it's okay? Yeah. So anyway, my name is Randy <laughs> McBobandy. <laughs> Yeah, we I, might I don't want them to know my Google to know my personal information anymore. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, you're lucky because it's 2020 and they haven't learned anything about you nope. up until now. They know nothing about you. Nothing. Not your search habits, you know, time you go to bed. They have cameras everywhere. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. They're watching. They're listening. For the record, Apple's not far behind according to my travel maps. Hey, it that's, knows that's it, yeah. next week's episode, it's right? freaking me out But a Apple bit. at least plays the customer advocate privacy card and somewhat effectively google says your information is ours and we'll do what we want with it so i was in a conversation earlier today and we're talking about google and some of the stuff we're going to talk about today but um, dan waxman said you know google should change their mission from wanting to organize all of the data in the world to wanting to monetize all of the data in the world i like that (laughs) that's spot on Mm -hmm. Yeah, very true. So today, what we're going to be talking about is how Google, over the last five years or so, has really been leaving these breadcrumbs in a direction, and that that's you know kind of like the analogy people use with bamboo, where bamboo will slowly grow its roots really wide and, and deep over a long period of time, but they won't the actual plant won't grow high for a number of years and then all of a sudden it just shoots up really quickly like inches an hour it's crazy if you look at this moso um, bamboo it's insane so that's that's kind of what google's been doing they've been they've been planting their roots getting ready for this if you look at some of the things they've done in the last year at least with related to um, phasing out google slash hotels and google slash flights and combining those into google slash travel and how good a tool that has become since i mean we're, we're going to be We'll, we'll talk about it, but I think there's going to be a lot of change. So, yeah. You scared yet? A little bit. Hey, I didn't ask before we started the show. Do we have any news of ruse this week? We have one. All right. So, let's do the All news right. of ruse. With hotel marketing that cannot lose, now it's time for your fuel news of ruse. What? <laughs> I don't know. Come on. Let me try it let out. Let him go. That's too much change. <laughs> It's too much change. Like, I don't mind you changing the melody a little bit, but the words, the lyrics? It cha- it cha- well, first of all, the lyrics don't make any sense to start with. Well, that's okay. Yeah, all right. No. Well, anyway, there's news. All right, what is it? Uh, so this one's from Adweek. Um, and so between January 1st and February 11th, the research firm Kantar analyzed over 1,600 lodging-related queries such as Las Vegas hotels, New York City hotels, um, across both desktop and mobile. 
Of the searched keywords, more than 75% of all ad clicks belong to OTAs and meta search engines. Wow. But 100% of the revenue for those ad clicks went to Google. Yes, it did. (laughs) Yes, it did. Um, So my takeaway prior to, yes, Google gets all the money, was Mm -hmm. you need to be uh, extremely effective with your ad copy because you're competing against uh, a bunch of different OTAs and you need to have something that's more compelling than what they're presenting for your brand. Um, and, and, you know, obviously there, this study was mentioning, uh, NYC hotels, Las Vegas hotels, things like that, broad, more broad stuff. But, uh, when it comes down to it, uh, they're also running on your brand terms. So, um, just being smart about it, putting things like official site, um, in your copy, make sure that you're listing any advantages of booking direct that you may have, uh, anything that the OTAs cannot offer that you can, um, just, just really selling the click to your property rather than an OTA. And I would also add to that, this should have been put to bed a long time ago, but you need to be bidding on your name. You need to bid on your brand, even if you think that it's silly to do so because you'd be getting that money anyway when they book it you absolutely have to do so your organic listing is going to be so far down the page between the paid listings the gha listings and everything else that they put on the serp that if you don't bid you might as well almost not be visible for your brand yeah for sure i've got a screenshot i can drop it into the show notes actually but it's of Google and it, it just has a red box around what is now organic clicks if you're not bidding and then what is what is clicks to your website if you are bidding. It's a big difference. I mean, you go from less than 5% of the real estate on the SERP to maybe 10%. So it's a big difference if you're bidding on your brand versus not bidding on your brand for sure. All right. Well, that's the only good news for the OTAs in this episode. <laughs> They still have to pay for it. Well, they do, <laughs> but they're, they're at least able to at this point. Google hasn't cut that that piece off. But um, should we should we jump into some of the uh, stat of the week before we jump into the sh- actual episode? It's the stat of the week. Stat of the week. The single greatest sound effect in all of podcasting. That's I, I th- it. I think we got it. That's why we the are we are the award winning fuel hotel. This is true. Podcast. Yes. Gold Adrian Award-winning fuel podcast. All because of that noise. That, that noise was what pushed us. We would have been a silver were it not for that. We would have been a bronze w- without Pete singing. So, <laughs> yeah. So, Pete, what are, what are the stats of the week? All right. So, the stat of the week number one, Google represents 94% of all internet searches. In fact, YouTube has more searches than Yahoo and Bing combined. And that's according to Snapshot. That is yeah insanity yeah, google's the world's largest search engine and youtube is number two yeah. well, and, and i remember years and years ago you'd always look at you know google and bing or wherever that might be and it was google had 80 plus percent and you said okay i need to make sure i'm kind of everywhere mm-hmm. but at this point you absolutely have to be on bing it's from a ppc perspective there's you know, great opportunities with microsoft ads but it's it's all going through google everything's going for google you know, there That's, was or good. The, the um, the thing that kind of hit me hard that, that that data came from Snapshot, like you said, and I found it when I was looking at the Rand Fishkin presentation that you did recently, um, the, the, about 
from Spock Toro, Ram Fishkin, formerly of Mars, he, he did a presentation about Google is going to destroy us all, essentially, similar to what this episode is going to be. He talked about that, that 94%, but then he also, later in the presentation, he said, you need to stop thinking of your website as your homepage because it's not anymore. Google is your homepage, and you need to be doing everything you can to optimize that. Put as much effort into that as you do to your website's homepage because more people are seeing that than they are your homepage at this point, which is scary, but also very true. I never really thought about it that way, but yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yep. All right. So another study for similar web shows that Google travel vertical search products, hotels, flights, and what have you, received 674 million visits in the U.S. in 2019, which is insane. I mean, to put that in perspective, that's as much traffic as Expedia and Booking.com get combined. Well. Yeah. That's a big number. Isn't that That's insane? A big so number. all of the time, all of the visits to Expedia and Bing combined. Booking. Some, I mean, yeah, Expedia and Booking. Well, Bing too. You can yeah, throw them sure. in. Still <laughs> the, the Expedia and Booking combined. Google Travel Tools gets that much, that many eyeballs. Well, when you think about it, like, so I have to fly to Atlanta in a couple of weeks. I just opened up my browser. I typed in MYR to ATL. It gave me the flights. I hit book it. It transitioned me over to Delta, and I hit submit. It's incredibly simple to do. Mm-hmm. But I didn't even think about going to <coughs> Delta site. I knew that if I type in ATL to or MYR to ATL, You're everything will be taken care of for me. All right. So why why is that? Right? Because you because trust I have to go it. to Atlanta for a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> but why is it, you, uh, you know, they've created trust because they yeah. deliver on the intent. So Google has gotten really, really good at understanding intent and really good at delivering the product that matches that intent. So well, I, I don't know if it's that. I see. I think it is they, per, they remove the barriers to the product that I actually want. My goal to this afternoon was not to do a search for flights from Myrtle Beach to Atlanta. It was to book a flight from Myrtle Beach to Atlanta. And I knew that the easiest way to do that was a, just to put in literally those seven, what, eight characters well, into a search engine. And everything else would be done. I could book my flight and I can move on. Right, they're day. reducing friction and they're providing. Yeah, it was incredibly value. easy. Yeah. Well, that's what they say, right? They're, they're doing all of this because they feel they can provide a better experience than any one of these individual sites. They, they provide a better experience than Delta. Which is the and, scary thing is right. Absolutely, they are. Yeah, there's no other place where I could just say I want to fly to Atlanta. Well, they, they provide a slightly different service than Delta because Delta's not showing American Airlines and Spirit and other things. So Pete didn't necessarily know going into that that he wanted to book on Delta. He just knew he well, wanted to get from A to B. You probably right. experienced. Yeah, you might say I, I knew I was going to do that because they're the only one that has a morning flight. Right, out but ninety percent of searches for flights, they're not necessarily. I mean, you know, you don't book an, a flight. Most people don't book a flight book to a specific airline because they have loyalty right. to that airline, unless you know they're weird or something, or they're trying yeah. to collect points or whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? It's about convenience. It's about when do I need to get there, and who has the most convenient times for me. Yeah. You know. And, and you put that in the same terms of hotels. You're you're getting that that 
same thing where somebody's just looking for a room, not necessarily a specific property. Yeah. And if Google's providing a better experience than any specific property, so tell, I mean, that's their end goal. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and think about it in your example, what is the, the goal of the customer? And let's say they were coming to Myrtle Beach instead of going to Atlanta. Their goal is to be sitting on a lounge chair on the, in the sand looking at the beach. They need a hotel to stay in. Everything that prevents them from that is just one of those barriers they got to break through. And if it's easier to break through it by typing Myrtle Beach Hotels and submit and then basically letting the algorithm decide where they stay, most customers are actually fine with you that. You mean like uh, in, a, in probably a few years when it's as easy as asking your voice assistant, hey, book me the cheapest room in hotel, or cheapest hotel room in Myrtle Beach this weekend, yeah. something like yeah. that. As, as a rule, don't. Ever. Yeah. So that's a great segue. So I, I'm doing a presentation in a couple of weeks at the Navigate Conference, it's March 2nd through 4th, on this subject, talking about Google. And the, the title of it is, or, or, you know, they had dictated to me what, what they wanted me to present on. And they said Google. And they gave me a title. And it was, Hey, Google, book me a hotel room. And then a subtitle of, you know, the things that are going on with Google right now and how it impacts you. So that, that was the kind of the marching orders that I got. And I, I took that and created the presentation that I'm going to do. Um, I kind of did an early version of that presentation, HSMI recently. But that's that's what these notes show notes are kind of based on. So you can listen to this. If you're happening to go to the Navigate conference, this is what we're going to be presenting on as well. But the, the concept is, okay, what has Google got going on? How does it impact me? And what the heck can I do about it? So that's what this episode is. And I will also say this episode is powered by, it's not a sponsor, but the power is powered by Heady Toppers. Yes. Are you enjoying oh, this? Oh, I'm so happy right now. So we, we just got back from Stowe, Vermont. We were visiting our friends at Springer Miller. Shout out to those guys. They they, they listen to the show. Um, one of the best PMSs out there. We try to be Switzerland when it comes to property management systems because we integrate with a bunch, but they truly are some of the best people in the industry, just really nice folks. We spent a couple of days up there talking about our integrations and product development and stuff like that. Really appreciate the hospitality. And whenever we go up to Stowe, Vermont, we have to bring back from the Alchemist Brewery some heady toppers. So we brought some back for you guys in the office. And the best beer in the land. It's, I don't know if it's my favorite of all time. I feel like it's one of those things that's a little overhyped. I don't have one that I could say is my favorite of all time. That's no. why I just kind of give it a general top three, but this yeah. belongs in it, it. It's definitely in my top five, I would say. It's a very, it's, you know, if you're not into the hops, it's definitely not for you. It's a double IPA, but, um, and it's unpasteurized. It's, it's just got a lot of flavor, a lot of bang to it. So, but this isn't a beer podcast. So. It, it's not, <laughs> but I will, I will disclaimer say it's a 9% beer. So as, mm-hmm. as, as we start slurring <laughs> later in this episode, that's, that's probably why. It's, right. it's a good beer. I, I still think like a 90-minute or one twenty. the 120. I was about to say the 120. Yeah. From a taste perspective. Yeah. Dogfish Head Brewery. Yeah. yeah. It's very comparable. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I disagree a little. And I don't know if it's because you're supposed to drink this one out of a can. Maybe. The and can, you get like this, the this fancy sniffer out of the well, one. You, you get more of the flavor when you drink it straight from the can versus yeah. pouring it. All right, so let's let's jump into this. So so we're gonna lay some breadcrumbs, some of the things Google's been doing in the direction they're heading, then we'll kind of say what's up with that. So let's let's start out by talking about okay, Google is definitively getting smarter, right? They're using so that's number one. They're getting a lot smarter. They're using a lot more artificial intelligence. 
um, as evidenced by Rank Brain, which is now five years old. So think about that. Oh, They've, my God. Yeah, 2015 That's is crazy. when Rank, Rank Brain started getting introduced. We've talked about this extensively on the show before. Rank Brain is the machine learning component of the search algorithm that, that determines ranking. It looks at user behavior and, and cons- constantly adapts. This is why we haven't seen a big shuffle in search ranking in a long time. Right? We haven't had a big panda penguin type of update in a while because you can't game the ranking algorithm anymore because it's based so much so and and more by the day on actual data of consumer behavior not just on the SERP but also on your websites there's a consequence to everyone on the internet using google analytics and that is that google gets to see everything that happens on the internet there's no such thing as a free lunch there's not google analytics I have tried it. It doesn't taste that good anyway. Yeah. But it certainly is it's not free. It's left a sour taste in my mouth yeah. multiple times. Yeah. We're not saying you shouldn't use Google Analytics because it's you probably the, the best choice out there for most people. You know, we also use Adobe Analytics for some of our premium clients that, that need a little more oomph to their data. But Google Analytics is a fine tool for most hotels that are listening to the show. Especially if you're trying to look at user behavior uh, see previous two episodes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, so that that's the first part of them getting smarter. The second part is Bert. In we've talked about Bert a good bit over the last couple of episodes or so, but basically this is the AI component to how they decipher the intent of the query stream. Um, so, you know, Bert would be you know better understanding exactly the, the perfect result for the consumer based on what they're typing in. And it is looking at language um, more than it ever has. And, and, and what does someone really mean when they ask Google a question? Uh, I mean, it kind of leads into to voice searches more so now. Um, queries are becoming much more conversational. But, you know, BERT is the answer. Yeah, exactly. It, it really is the beginning of them being conversational in, in, you know, and we'll talk through this of, of how they respond, but they're definitely, the natural language processing is infinitely better than it was even 12 months ago. They, they get it. They understand you in a more effective and, and specific way than they did even six months ago, really. And, and they'll continue to build on that. Mm-hmm. We've, we've seen it happen. Well, uh, that's the thing too, is, I mean, it's, it's iterative. It, that's sort you mentioned what we haven't seen those big you know shakeups in search and that's because those shakeups take place every day at a <laughs> microscopic search level every single day right yeah I mean, google made 3000 algorithm updates <clears throat> last year mm-hmm. i mean they've made to say we're making they say that we're making algorithm updates all yeah, the we, time we see yeah. core updates and there are uh, obvious rank implications we we see people report on it all the time and that is google making their algorithms better by improving things like like BERT. But yeah, it, the, the difference is the machines are taking over the decision-making on that, right? It, it's data reinforcing. So machine learning, instead of a human changing the algorithm by saying this is a new rule to adopt, right? So pay less attention to spammy links like a previous algorithm would be. This is the computers and looking at the data and making adjustments based on the data without a human having to tell them to do that. And That's the big difference. Am, am I jumping ahead in terms of zero search? Yes, you're jumping ahead. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's, you know, in, in terms of it, they're improving rank brain. 
yeah. in relation. Rank brain's improving right, rank right. brain. Rank you know brain improves rank brain and is now taking this very conversational search into yeah, account. Yeah, and Bert's improving Bert. And, it, and it's continuous in what it is tomorrow is going to be better than what it is today. So what the listeners should take care out of this because they can't flow chart. What you guys are saying is search is getting better and better every day it's based on how people speak and what they want yeah. versus what they type in it's becoming more like a human in terms of how it understands things and it's becoming smarter about what it delivers right yeah. so that that's google's getting smarter right that's number one number two google's getting more discerning meaning they're looking harder they're they're provide they're providing more rigor to determining what deserves to rank and part of that parlays back to what we're talking about with rank brain, right? But it also goes to looking at their search quality guidelines. And I think one thing people forget is Google still has a lot of manual um, jobs where people physically look at your website. Right? This is still a major part of how they determine things. And and even the rank brain's taking over and gr- gradually going to be the dominant part. The fact that people will still look at your site and determine whether or not there's a beneficial purpose to your site, where it actually performs something that is going to benefit a consumer, that's a big deal. It sure is. Um, they're looking at uh, when you say affects your life, it's you know affecting your money and your life. So that what what they call YMYL, right? So as a hotel you are affecting someone's money and life uh and they also want to understand are you providing any type of authority as an author of content right yeah uh, so that's the eat the eat thing. so ex- expertise authoritativeness and trustworthiness right so is what you're saying truthful and factual are you someone that has credibility as an entity and as an individual author. And all, should you be able to important. influence someone's money and life decisions? That's that's kind of how those things were, work into uh, one another. But, I mean, I hope you've seen it. We've all seen it is the, you know, Google results are obviously becoming better and better and better. Um, I, I've noticed it in just my own life. You know, it's, it's I'm, I'm getting better results anytime I search for, anything right yeah and and this is this is kind of a double-edged sword because it makes it easier for authoritative entities to rank right because google's giving them more weight because of how the quality uh, the the content quality works it makes it tougher for pete's blog to rank now you know he's got to establish himself to compete with an expedia but you, but you want him to right right i mean but when i say you want him to as a consumer, but sure. Pete doesn't want to. The hotel, independent hotel listening to this doesn't want to. Yeah, but it's... as a, just, let's say I'm a, a, just a generic content producer for Pete's blog. Doesn't that give me the incentive to build my expertise and authoritativeness by expanding where my content is produced? That's the intent of it. Right. right? That's the spirit of why they're doing it, which makes absolute sense. Yeah. I mean, so, so it, from a, my hotelier's perspective, you want to be engaged in your overall community and your overall I mean, industry. Mm-hmm. You know, produce the content yeah. that's not, you know, your cheesy 200 words, what to do in your area today. Right. That's it, not helping. But do great content and make sure it's not just on your site. You, you're you producing content that will actually give value. Mm-hmm. That's going to help you from that perspective. Yeah. All right. So, so 
moving on from that, the next one is Google's adjusting how they look at backlinks. And backlinks was one of those other major pillars of the search algorithm for as, since the beginning, right? So think of a link to your site from another site as a, as a pseudo vote. So Google will say, okay, if someone links to this site, then they must feel there's value there. So therefore they get some credit for that. And if the person making the vote has more authority, authority, then um, we're going to give you more credit. So an example being if New York Times linked to your website versus Pete's blog, the New York Times link is going to have more value. Right? That's always been the case. But over the last year or two, Google's made a couple of adjustments to how they look at links. One, one is they're looking more at the, um, the attributes in the link itself. So things like no follow, they didn't used to actually follow, but now they may give some credit if they determine on in their own infinite wisdom that it has some. You can also denote that it's an ad versus a non-ad now. So there's, they're looking a little differently at the actual technical side of links. Yeah, it's but a lot more nuanced. It is, it it's, it's, it, and it's subtle, but it's important. The The other thing they're doing, which which is potentially majorly impactful is they're devaluing a link over time. So if I get a link from the New York Times 12 months ago and I have another link from them six months ago, the one from six months has more value than the one from 12 months. Well, where it becomes crazy is, I'm thinking of a, a second tier newspaper. That link can become more valuable than your New York Times link. Mm -hmm. Over time, you know, so you sure. had to kind of think if about it's more recent, yeah, right. of course. Yeah, because if I got a link from New York Times twenty years ago, right, that may be worth zero or close to zero now. But mm -hmm. but it, you know, to to show how this has changed, up until last year, this was not an issue. If you had a New York Times link, you had a New York Times link, and they were passing you very a ton binary. of value, yeah. and it it was it was great for you. Now you know it is that's necessarily not the case. So continuously. Building new links to your site, or I shouldn't say building, earning new links to your site uh, through you know very high authoritative quality content is essential. Yeah, and earn, earn is the right word for sure. You you've got to build a reason for people to link to you, but you also, in addition, have to do the legwork. Like it, it you're gonna get more links if you reach out to people and ask for links or if what? you network with people and build relationships with people as you do that and you and you build you know that relationship and you earn the links to your post well guess what you're out you're establishing expertise you're establishing authority authoritativeness and trustworthiness yeah. so this all plays together it, right? you might say you reap what you sow yeah yes so here, here's what's interesting about this i think this is actually an advantage for smaller book businesses right because if you think about it the authoritative sites out there are gonna naturally get links so think sites like expedia and, and TripAdvisor are going to have a ton more links than you have. But a lot of those are going to be old links that are de devaluing every single day. Whereas if you're being scrappy right now and really working hard to build a, a continuous fresh links, that potentially could work in the favor of the small guys. You now have a chance, whereas before you did not. Yeah. So this is, this is you know, whereas the, the, the last part where we were talking about them being more discerning plays... In, in the favor of the, the big guys. This, I think, plays in the favor of the little guys a little more. So, All right, so next one, Pete. This You did some foreshadowing a minute ago. Google is becoming zero-click. And so, this is it's in, it's incredible, right? I mean, this kind of goes to the whole natural language processing portion of it is if I ask a question, Google's 
less and less giving me a website that will answer that question. And it's just answering the question for me because mm-hmm. that's what I wanted to do anyway. A good example is on my flights. I, I, I searched for MYR to ATL. It didn't say, here's Delta's site. You can search for a flight there. It gave me the answer. Well, I, I think you know, also look at this as <laughs> your everyday home life, right? You're, you're making dinner and you ask Google, you know, you know, what is, you know, three quarts, you know, how many cups is three quarts, like that type of stuff where they just spit the answer back. Like that's zero click yeah. also. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, any, half any of kind these of answer box. Yeah, is, and, is, and that's what we're moving more and more toward is, is stuff like that. Um, someone's looking for a specific snippet of information. It is now being returned in a box where no one has to click on anything. They see it directly in Google or it's being spit back via voice assistant of it never requires a click. It is just viewed or heard and you move on. You know what's crazy about that? A balance is a success metric for Google. That's right. <laughs> well, but, but it's weird, right? It's counterintuitive, right? Because th- their one real product, Google's one product, when you really think about it, is advertising. Yeah. Over 85% of all their revenue comes from advertising. They're a one-trick pony. But yeah, but, but with true. Z- with zero click in the short term, it's counterintuitive. I don't think it in is. The sh- in the short term, they're losing the potential for I don't for, think for big revenue. metric system is making any money when Phil asks how many cups are in a court or whatever it might but be. But it's not just that, right? Because I could search for where is the Navis Navigate Conference being hosted. Right. Then they'll tell me the La Cantera San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And then I could say, what time is check-in at the La Cantera San Diego, San Antonio. You shouldn't and, even and, have to ask that because now it knows because it continues that string. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then I might say, is it is La Cantera pet friendly? Mm-hmm. Every one of those queries, are, are queries that I, I typed in and searched because I was doing research for this thing, every one of those had an answer box. Yeah. Those are queries that would have gone to the hotel website. True. And could have been an advertising click. So it's not just, I think people dismiss zero click as not a big deal because it's how old is this or what are the lyrics to this or, you know, what's the definition? But if you're someone like, and I'm jumping a little bit here, if you're someone like Merriam Webster who used to get a ton of traffic when people searched in, what what's the definition of this word? Oh, they're getting zero right? traffic now. They're getting so much more <laughs> exposure. As well. They're getting so yeah. much more exposure because Google's curating their content and putting it as the answer box. But nobody's But they're getting the no traffic and therefore they're losing the opportunity for revenue mm-hmm. on advertising. So that this is a major disruptor. Fifty point three percent of all searches to Google now. That's over half of all searches are zero click searches. Wait a minute, but we just passed the tipping point. We, we did. Make a, we should a make a big deal one. about that. Aren't, aren't they doing, though? I mean, again, I always want to jump back as the consumer. They're doing exactly what we preach to you as the hotelier, create less friction in your experience. But to Google be fair, for a hotel, less... you can't, you could not do this. Sure, of course If not. you're Merriam-Webster, I'm just you saying, can't answer their question when they say, hey, Google. I'm just saying. Unless you know, consumers as... <laughs> know to come to you as the resource, right? which is what they used to do with TripAdvisor. Right? right. When people wanted a review, they would type in TripAdvisor.com and, and bypass Google. That doesn't happen anymore because mm-hmm. Google's m- provided a better experience. They're they're eliminating that click to the website because they can because right. it's easier for the person using Google. Right. I think zero click needs its whole ep- whole episode. I know we had a request from someone to, mm-hmm. to talk to us how to how to Andrew wants that deal. Who was it? Yeah, Andrew with IMG. Oh, awesome. All right. So I think let's. 
I don't think we've got time to cover that today, but I think that's an important thing. And there are some tactical things you can do to deal with zero click. All right, so next up, Google is going vertical. And what I mean by this is Google have a team dedicated to different industries and different types of queries, right? We can look at restaurants. We can look at weather. We can look at flights. We can look at hotels. We can look at a lot of different verticals in the experience for the consumer is completely different. The SERP, what is displayed, is contextual based on the intent of that consumer. Hotels is a prime example of that because they're showing Google hotel ads right in the search results. That is a different experience than if I type for type restaurants. And this is a big deal because this means Google has top talent across the board focused on figuring out two things. One, how can we provide a better experience for people looking for this specific type of thing? And two, how can Google better monetize this specific mm-hmm. thing? And this is why you see, on average, organic results have dropped dramatically over the last few years. What used to The first organic re- result on average used to be 300 pixels from the top of the search results. Now it's 900 pixels from the top on average. It's nuts. That's insane. Right. And what's replaced it? Either paid content that Google gets paid directly if you click or links to Google assets. So when we said earlier 50.3% of all searches are zero click, of the searches that do result in a click, 14% of those go to another Google website. So Google Images, Google News, YouTube, some other Google asset. That's a lot. Yeah. And this is this is having a big impact. So let's look at a couple of examples. We just talked about Marion Webster, Webster and how it's impacted them financially, right? Even though Google's getting the value of, of them creating that great content, Marion Webster loses. Another example is Genius.com, right? These guys aggregate uh, lyric content for songs. So Google, if you type in what are the lyrics to XYZ song, they're going to show the lyrics right there in the SERP now. Yes, and, they do. And for a while, they were not saying where they were getting that content from. Genius.com had a hunch that it was coming from them, so they set up the perfect trap. They started going through a bunch of their lyrics and replacing apostrophes. So some apostrophes, they'd use a straight apostrophe. Some wow. they Some they would use a curly apostrophe, right? Because there's two characters that yep. essentially are an apostrophe. And then they waited. And they didn't have to wait long. And then they started looking at Google's results for lyrics. And Google, so they basically had this fingerprint within the lyrics hmm. that Google started displaying on the search engine results page. So Google was scraping the content from Genius.com, displaying it on their search engine results page, and were not citing Genius.com as the source. So what? So so, so, <laughs> well, so, I mean, so it, Genius complained, <clears throat> right? And rightfully so. And Google said, all right, we'll cite you. That's fine. That's fair. And Genius.com said, well, we'd rather you didn't do that at all. And they said, well, you can no-index your site. That's, <laughs> that's an option. <laughs> but you'll disappear from all search results. Well, I mean, here's another example for you. I just did a search for Oscar winners 2020. And every winner is announced on the go- on Google almost like the old ribbon yeah so right and there's no attribution to that you know whatsoever. it's coming from somewhere they didn't well, yeah, I mean, list it themselves yes you know Bert didn't watch it it's not <laughs> in a, you know algorithm wasn't you know indexing that stuff so uh, Ernie probably did yeah, Ernie did. Did. <laughs> yeah yeah 
That's exactly right. So Google is getting a little better about um, citation, but they're still curating content in specific verticals from people that used to be on authority. So here's another example. Google saw that there's a tremendous amount of search traffic for job related searches, right? I'm looking for a new job. I'm not, I'm, don't look at me like Thank that. God. I'm not looking for a new job. I love my job, I love my team. But if I'm looking for a new job, I would start on Google. Google saw this. So they're like, huh, maybe we need to go vertical in jobs. So they created a whole tool and ecosystem where you can actually search and filter through jobs within a Google tool now. So if you look at this today, Google's own asset gets five times more traffic than all of the paid ads related to job searches get combined. How is that possible? That's crazy. I know. That's really crazy. So, I didn't even know Google did jobs. So Google has the ability to decimate a vertical, an industry, if they want to. In, in, and when I say decimate, I don't mean they're making it worse for consumer because clearly in a lot of cases they're improving the experience for a consumer. But they decimate the major players that exist in that ecosystem prior to Google entering it. And that's we're on the cusp of that with, with travel. So the question becomes why is Google doing all this? Uh, are they pushing organic results <laughs> further down the page and forcing people to pay to be above their <laughs> yeah. own asset? Huh. Well, I, th I think that's part of it, right? But but if you really look at what they're trying to do um, strategically, I mean, obviously they want to make more money, but that's a byproduct of them dominating the consumer. Sure, but here's here's the weird one for me, right? So we're we're talking about them pulling in all of this jobs information from a hotel's perspective to participate in their hotel ads. We have to provide them with the information, such as rates. And then we pay them to get the click to come book it. Mm -hmm. Like it, they're, it's you know we're we're doing the legwork and paying for it as a, as the we're, we're hotel. playing into their hands oh, completely, right? But because we all know we need to, right? Exactly. We don't in the short term. We don't have a choice. <coughs> Again, back to the beginning. This is your homepage, so be present where you can be. Yeah, you you don't have a choice. And ultimately, what Google's trying to do, we already touched on it, is they, they want to dominate voice. But more importantly, they want to dominate the assistant. They want Google Assistant to be present in your entire life, at every stage of your entire life. So not just the planning of a tra trip, but also the experiencing of a trip, and then the sharing of a trip, and then the next planning of a trip. Google Assistant wants to be the thing that you cannot live without. And that's what all this is leading to. They're getting smarter. They're understanding you better. They're collecting more data. They're, they're understanding the intent that you have. They're providing better results. They're doing that specific to the industry. It's all about how can I provide better value to the consumer? As a consumer, great. That's a better tool. I'm gonna, I'm gonna enjoy that more. But what about the people that are going to get affected by this. So let's start by looking at the OTAs. OTAs are probably the first casualty in this. And we see that happening before our eyes, right? We see Expedia let go of their CEO and CFO because the board said strategically they were going in the wrong direction. Financially, you'd seen that impact. You know, a, a week or two ago, they came out with the latest quarterly earnings and their stock went up a bit. You know, Barry Diller's doing a good job turning the ship around there, Expedia. But his strategy isn't necessarily growth. It's cutting cost because they can't grow right now because Google's got a chokehold on them. So Expedia's struggling. 
their stock price is still $25 lower than it was before November because Wall Street is reacting heavily to this. TripAdvisor stock's way down. TripAdvisor laid off 200 employees and their CEO came out and said, we're doing this because of Google and the threat that Google presents to us. You know, Booking.com CEO, Glenn Fogel came out and said, because of Google, we're having to adapt our strategy. We have to go more towards brand advertising in developing content that gets us direct access to the consumer, which is why Booking came out with the CityBook app. They're trying to get further into the value chain. They're spending more money on TV ads. It's it's the OTAs are in big trouble. Yeah, uh, and I mean, rightly so. Can Google provide a better experience than you? Are they aggregating the aggregators? Yes, they are. It's I mean they're 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 creating a one stop shop that effectively is an OTA right, to, so, to the general consumer. So think is. about this right now. A consumer comes to Google, types in hotels in San Antonio. They click on, let's say, a TripAdvisor ad. Google just got some money, right? Because they clicked on a TripAdvisor ad. They go to TripAdvisor. Now they click on a TripConnect meta search ad for Expedia. Now TripAdvisor just got some money. Now... They are on Expedia and they book on Expedia. Now Expedia got some money. That's three different entities that all got a piece of that reservation. Then they're probably all making more profit from that reservation than you are as a hotel. Right? You're, you're ultimately the one paying all of that because through the commission through Expedia. We're, we're rapidly getting to a world where it's going to be consumer searches on Google and then books with you guys. Either through Google Hotel Ads meta search component or the book direct on Google component. Again, like, like in flights. the short term, that's not a bad thing. In the long term, it's a major worry because you're replacing all these distribution channels, Expedia, Booking, TripAdvisor, any others. You're, you're going from a few distribution channels to one singular distribution channel, which is Google. Which and is that, ironic that all this time we're like, watch out for OTAs, watch out for OTAs. Have less hey, reliance on OTAs. Now we're like, wait, yeah. bring back the OTAs. Google's like, hold my beer. I got this. Yeah. <laughs> and we, I know we had to save that thought a little bit for kind of the wrapping up the podcast, but it, it's still true. You have to watch out for the OTAs. They are still a great tool for you, but they're also something that takes away 10, 15, 20, 30% of your revenue. Revenue so, and, and guest information right. that you so can use you to remarket. So you do need to work on booking direct. And if you can do that, then all of this stuff becomes, you know, noise in the background. But if you have your guests, you have a direct connection to them, you don't have to worry so much about this. It's going to become a big deal regardless. Yeah. So, so what can we do about this? I mean, I, I think that's what people yeah. that are now very scared after listening to this are probably thinking. It's like, what, what the heck can I do? In the short term, you have to play with Google. You have to maximize your footprint. Like I said... Google is your homepage today. You have to be present on Google Hotel Ads if you're not already. You have to get more sophisticated about how you manage Google Ads. You you just have to get more granular with that. You put more effort into it. More, more so than uh, running on it. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Like, and know, running it's, on some broad it's terms. Testing, it's targeting. It's you know we've we've had multiple episodes on you've targeting. You've got to get better on that, right? Google ads. And, and you've got to got to got to maximize your exposure on Google My Business. You have to spend time. 
And I, my, my new favorite f- phrase, I learned this from a Star Wars podcast, and it has nothing to do with Star Wars, but they were talking about it. That is, where focus goes, energy flows. So if you don't focus on Google My Business, you're not going to have energy put into that. And you're not going to have the output that comes from that. You have to think about Google My Business on a frequent basis. And like I said, if Google is now your homepage, you need to put more effort into that or as much effort into that as you are into your website. Google My Business is is the gateway to your business. And that, and that includes all of the business information you can provide them, the photos, videos, as well as you know responding to reviews. Um, everything you can be doing on Google My Business needs to be a, a major focus. It should be a focus of your SEO team. Absolutely. It, it, yeah, it really is. Beyond the, those tools, you also need to play with the situation that you have with Google. So understanding what zero-click Google means to your business and how to leverage that, how to take advantage of that is another thing. I think we'll save that for another podcast episode. But there, there are some things you can be doing. Just being aware of it is number one, right? But there are some tactical things you can be doing to take advantage of the fact that 50.3% of all searches are now zero-click. All right, so short-term, that's that kind of covers your basis. Long-term, I want you to perform a thought exercise right now. Pretend like Google didn't exist. How would you market your business if Google didn't exist? What would the, what would the things you do today, how would they change if Google didn't exist? So the first thing I think would happen is you would have to look at diversifying your traffic sources. Where else can I get eyeballs to my website? What are some things I can do? Are you asking the question? Well, I mean, it's a a conversation. (laughs) I would do. uh, uh, I mean, consider things like, oh, this is tough. Direct mail paired with IP targeting. Cliff notes are in the show notes if you want to. And here's the thing, too. Don't look at things you can do that are just one-off intermediaries of a search engine. You know, so say, oh, I'm going to be part of, you know, this directory that then gets indexed by search engines. It's still going through Google. I think you have to step back and say, okay, the people in my market, like a CVB or a DMO, that's who I need to be working with closely. I don't need to alienate my local support team because I'm only focusing on Google. You know, something along those lines I think would make a lot of sense. So alternative traffic sources, um, social media influencers other other niche sites um i have to say that again being the data person in this office and seeing all the data from all the things i can't tell you how much more revenue and qualified traffic and i always have to say qualified traffic i have seen in the last year from facebook it can't be underestimated at this point. I think it's really, really important. It, and you're looking at that traffic from the Google Analytics, Adobe Analytics side. Exactly. Not Facebook's BS right. attribution model side. Yeah, and but but you're looking at it for clients that are doing social right. Correct. You're, you're not looking at people that just post a blog here and there. You're looking at folks that use tools like Flip2 to create advocacy of their customers that are saying, hey, I stayed at this property, you should stay at it too. Creating advocacy, it's, it's, we've always said it, it's the new word of mouth advertising and it's spread to a much larger audience. So, um, you know, extremely important for you to be getting your happy guests to engage on those platforms as much as possible. Right. 
So other other traffic sources, I think traditional stuff is coming back, right? I think you should be doing things like direct mail. You should be looking at traditional advertising like radio and TV, and at least testing it. And I, and pairing those with things uh, on the digital side. Um, so if you're doing direct mail, pair that with IP targeting. If you're doing uh, TV ads within that same market, you should be pairing with with things that you can reach them online as well. Yeah, multiple touch points. And then, you know, traditional PR, reaching out to media outlets, trying to get stories about you, having stuff that is newsworthy to have people talk about you. These are things you should be putting more effort into over the next 12 months or so. So that that's diversifying your traffic. I think that's one of the things long term you need to be working on. Well, and I, I think it comes down to you know the the goal strategies, tactics type hierarchy, and you want to use the strategies that have always worked. Like so, for instance, if you're using TV, but use the tactics for that platform that today's technology allows. You know, are you using your email database to find out where your customers are. Are you using that to then target your TV or whatever else it might be? Mm -hmm. But you have to kind of step up your traditional methods using the data that you have now because we're not sitting here marketing in the 1990s. I mean, there's a lot of tools that we have that we can take advantage of. It's just we have to be able to pivot and adapt to create in our own way and not have to rely completely on Google. Yeah, I agree 100% completely. All right, so there were three weapons that you have. Numchucks. That's one. Size. That's two. Melissa? Name a weapon. Cloak, Any of, weapon. cloak of invisibility. Is, that's, I guess that's a defensive yeah, thing. Yeah. Is it a weapon? Oh, is a shield a weapon? I don't know. It's nunchuck size sword and staff. It's the Ninja oh, Turtles. Oh, we <laughs> heroes in a hot shell? <laughs> Turtle power. Nice. There are three weapons you have. So if, if we look at the big picture, right? Google has complete control. There's nothing stopping them. Legislation is not going to stop them, even though in Europe it may slow it down some. You know, Google, um, recent or Expedia, TripAdvisor, 30 businesses got together and, and put a letter to the EU complaining about bad practice from Google and how they have an unfair advantage in the vacation rental space. That may happen. It's certainly not going to happen anytime soon in North America. So what can you do about it? You know, we already talked about diversifying traffic. Well, let's, let's take a step back and say, what do I have that Google doesn't have? And we'll, we'll touch on three things. And those three things are touch points, unique touch points that Google doesn't have, unique data that Google doesn't have, and then most importantly, the experience, the stay. Google cannot infiltrate any one of those three things right now. Maybe in the future they will when virtual assistant is everywhere. But right now, you can leverage those three points and figure out how can I compete against Google. You're not going to have a direct attack against Google and win. But you can kind of do things on the side that minimize your reliance on Google. And also, I'd say keep in mind what we talked about and what I said at the beginning of the podcast was all the things we're talking about are the barriers for the guests to do what they want to be at your destination if you're a hotel. Right. If it's the beach, if it's the city, if it's a river, whatever it might be, they're trying to get there and they got to deal with all these hurdles. One of them is actually Google. If you can become more efficient than that in connecting with your guest, then you don't have to worry so much about that. Why not 
the hotels working on breaking down those barriers with a great website, yeah. a booking engine that is doesn't suck. Super easy to use. <laughs> and and then really to this point, and this is one that's really underutilized, is a mobile app. If you have a con- direct-to-consumer branded mobile app, that completely bypasses Google, the OTAs, everyone else. It's it, so convenient. It's it, right it there. It really is. And, you know, this is a little self-serving because Fuel has a mobile app and digital key product. But it really works. We have clients that now, and it, this doesn't sound like a lot. We have a, a client that's got multiple properties. 3% of all their bookings now are coming directly through their mobile app. And, and so these the, are probably, <clears throat> most likely, repeat business. Some right. who already had the app. But that's this in 2019, that was over $500,000. And we're seeing an increase to the point where we're projecting that's going to be over a million dollars for that one client this year in 2020. And they've never touched Google's ecosystem. Right. This is, these are consumers that come straight back to you have a more frictionless experience and are going to book direct right mobile apps i think may be one of the silver bullets that are going to help you defend yourself against well we always thought about it so people would get the app and then delete it and that is not people the don't case. delete apps they anymore. don't delete people apps. used to delete apps because storage space on on mobile phones was a problem it's not it's anymore not, it's not even close. right People do not delete apps. When was the last time you deleted an app? You don't. It just doesn't happen. And when you, I got my phone and deleted the ones that came right, with it that I apps. didn't use. You don't delete Other apps Other than that, not Especially if the app is useful. It's such a good, it's a good opportunity to have a touch point with the guest that you don't, wouldn't have otherwise. Other things like training people at your call center to be better at closing the deal. People are going to still pick up the phone and call you. Having more emphasis on that call center, any touch point that you have, putting resources and focus on those things is going to help defend you against Google. And I would add to that, you're the only one in this entire equation that exists in the physical world. Everybody else is a digital intermediary to get to a property. So that means you have boots on the ground, you can produce amazing content, you know what the weather is, you know what the events are, you know what your customers want to learn about to make that buying decision. And you can explain to that guest, <clears throat> potential guest, that that guest should book with you because you're the only one who can handle their problem. Right. Something, you know, something along those lines. We, we see that yeah, all the so time. I mean, answering those questions, creating that great content is going to put you a step ahead. Yeah, and thinking about the content, not just on your owned assets, but everywhere else. So if you have a better description of your property and better photos of your property everywhere you exist online, putting emphasis on content is so critical. Well, let me, let's talk about it. Let's, let's look at, when we talked about diversifying your sources of traffic, we said a CVB or DMO is a great choice. We know creating content is a great choice. We know from the very beginning, we talked about EAT, where you know the expertise, the authoritativeness, and trustworthiness is so important. So create content on the DMO that will drive traffic to your site. Work on being the expert because that's who people want to stay with. And that's you're probably one. paying with them. See if you can guest post. It's not that hard. It's definitely and, free to ask. Exactly. So it should be ask. part of that content strategy that you have overall. And make sure you get an author bio so that expertise and authoritativeness has something to follow through Google. Well, that's back a good to point. We site. didn't really talk about that, but when you're producing content on as on a guest basis, if you don't have a byline, it doesn't even count. Have, have a byline, have a link wherever possible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, so that's that's the first part, which is the 
the multiple touch points. You have control of guest touch points that Google doesn't. Second is guest data. You have data related to the guest that they don't have. Now they have some of it. They'll have like website behavior and stuff. They don't know what they're doing on your property. They don't have the ability to really understand what the consumer's doing when they're staying with you. You really need to invest in CRM and do it in a way that isn't just doing the basics. It's understanding everything about a consumer. So really creating a golden record of every guest that stays with you. So you know when they come, why they come, what they're interested in, what they're not interested in. How each experience was for them. Yeah, yeah. What what kind of experience they had. It's a great, great opportunity to either improve it or reinforce what they did last time. Having a plan to develop a one-to-one communication strategy. So stop doing the spray and pray nonsense that anyone can do and start engaging guests at an individual level. These are people. These, these aren't email addresses. Starting figuring out what channel they prefer. Do they prefer text messages or emails or push notifications? And when do they prefer those channels? What time of day do they prefer? Really an investment in a quality CRM product that does more than just your basic spray and pray email is a critical investment in 2020. Because if you don't do this now, if you don't start doing a better job collecting data and leveraging data today, you're not going to have the opportunity tomorrow because Google's going to do a better job than you of collecting data and targeting the consumer and controlling the booking process. Because right now, when someone books on GHA, that record goes into the database, fill at fuel, Mm -hmm. right? What is to stop them from doing the same thing booking does and say, fill at booking.com or fill at, you know, googletravel.com and you lose that customer's record. Yeah. You've got to be able to cr- collect it yourself. Yeah. And one of the things that I don't think people are taking enough advantage of, again, this is really self-serving. We have a CRM product that allows customers to do this. And if you're not able to do this with your current product, give us a shout. But taking the guest data you have and leveraging that with other things you're doing, like remarketing lists mm-hmm. for search ads, like Facebook audience, custom audiences, you know, you can any kind of display network retargeting stuff, using your data to better reach your audience in a way that is more sophisticated because you know information about these people. That's what you should be doing with yeah, your data you, today. Using very segmented lists. Be smart about your data. Create create segmented lists. Serve them like Stuart said, search ads, display ads. Uh, use them, use it across Facebook. You have all of this data. Using it to your advantage is the one of the top ways to get around Google eating up your entire ecosystem. Exactly. All right, and then the third and final thing we talked about was the stay. This is you know, so important. Google is never going to be the host of the guest. You are the host. You have to be an innkeeper in the traditional sense of hospitality. This, this is probably the one thing that regardless of everything else you do, if you get this right, you're going to be have better defense than your competition. You really need to spend time really thinking through this and investing in this piece of the puzzle. Because guess what? The consumer is going to go back to Google for something. And if, they, if the thing they go back for is leaving a review, make sure it's positive. You know, being the innkeeper, treating Google as your homepage. Sorry, I know I kind of jumped in, but being the innkeeper and, and, and using Google as your homepage, make sure you're getting a good review out of the customer rather than a bad review because that's what people will see when they're looking for you in the future, whether it's that guest or a new one. 
Right. So this this starts from the very top of your organization. And, you know, we have people listening that are owners and GMs, but we also have, you know, entry level marketing folks that are listening to this. You have a role to play in this. It starts with a great culture. Your property has to have a culture of hospitality. You have to hire the right people and you have to sing the same song together, follow the same North Star, which is delivering great experience to every single guest that walks through that door. So, you know how I say, you know, your booking agent shouldn't suck. Yeah. Your property shouldn't suck either. <laughs> so, you want to invest money into your property. Make sure your amenities are up to speed. Make sure that the rooms are clean. Make sure that, you know, stuff stays well kept and updated as as needed. The yeah. moment somebody steps on foot at your property is the moment you start trying to convince them to come back for a return stay. And I think that's so important to always think about is... Yes, you have a current guest, but you also have a possible repeat guest and make sure that you are doing everything you can to not only meet their expectations of, I need a roof over my head while I'm on vacation doing something else, but exceeding those and making sure they understand that I needed to do something in this market or where this destination might be, but I'm so glad that I chose this property that I'm going to go back and tell my friends about it. Exactly. You, You taught me this, Pete. But your your best next guest is your current guest. Right? That's the, exactly the one true. that's on property right now. That's your your best next guest. The best next guest after that are their friends and family. Yep. So if if you do a good job delivering on that experience, that person's going to come back. But they're also going to tell their friends and family, and they're going to come stay. And then they're going to come back, and then they're going to tell their friends and family, and then they're going to come back. Well, I mean, think about it like so from an agency perspective, we would be a pretty crappy agency. If the moment we got a client or a guest, we ignored them and only worried about getting a new client, right? You have to treat, like we do, treat our clients the same way that a hotel would treat our guest. Make sure that they're like, man, I'm so glad I chose this property. I'm so glad I chose fuel, whatever it might be, yeah. and, and keep them happy with their decision. I think it's so important too. you got to over deliver on what that promise is. Yeah. And that promise is different for every one of your guests. Right. So you got to figure that out. And and don't, you know, we we try to treat all our clients the same way, right? Whether you've been with us for 25 years or whether you've been with us for 25 days, we're going to give you our full attention. We're going to try our best to deliver on the promise that we set up with you, the expectations that we set up with you. The same as with, with you as a hotel, you know. One of the mistakes people make is they'll treat like a Groupon customer or an OTA customer as a second-class citizen. That is the worst thing you can do. You just spent the money to get this person. You discounted a rate or you spent a commission to get this person here. Your job now is to get them to come and stay with you again by booking direct the next time and then tell their friends about it. That's how you're going to defeat Google or at least defend yourself against the threat of Google because you're never going to defeat Google. Yeah, you're not going <laughs> to defeat yeah. Google. One of my favorite songs is Be Legendary by Pop Evil. If you like a little bit of, you want to of sing metal right and or, or heavy rock, you'd appreciate it. Mm -hmm. But it's true. It's like just be legendary. Just yeah. be the best possible from a hotelier's perspective, and guests will seek you out Yep. versus going through Google to get to you. Yeah, there's a word that was used to be pretty popular like four or five years ago in the industry called rem remarkable. People would talk about being remarkable, right? It's being good enough that people want to remark on you and comment on you and share their story with you. 
we've lost that touch. I think a lot of folks have, have gone away from being remarkable. And they're just meh. You know, they're just okay. They check the box. They do the bare minimum. You've got to live in a world today where you wow every guest that comes in. Because if you don't, the, the change in the ecosystem that's happening primarily because of Google could potentially put you out of business. So you've got to really focus on your guests today. Guest interactions, guest data, and then this guest experience. Those are the three levers you have that no one else has. And do you know what really pissed me off about that? What's that? What? So as I was putting the notes together for this show and for the presentation that I'm doing at Navigate, I was trying to kind of come bring it together, right? Boil it down into these three points. And so as I was writing it, I was like, okay, these are the three things. These are the three leverage points. And then all of a sudden, Tim Peters' voice popped in my head. And you know what he's been saying for years and we've been preaching for years to other people? Mobile's not a... No. Nope. <laughs> One of his many platitudes. Content is king. The touch points. Yeah. Customer service is queen. The data experience. Is the and data is the crown jewels. So his, his very succinct saying, content is king, customer service is queen, and data, data is, is the, the crown, crown jewels. jewels. That's exactly what we just said. And, but Tim Peter said it 10 years before us and in a way smarter way. So Thanks, Tim. You would have gotten... If you listen to his podcast, which is like 15 minutes, yeah. you would have saved yourself an hour and a half. <laughs> this is right. <laughs> this is funny. So speaking of which, Tim Peter's going to be a guest on the show in, in the next few weeks. So we're going to, if you don't know Tim Peter, he does this amazing podcast called Thinks Out Loud with Tim Peter. And he, he's been around the industry for a long time, had a lot of really interesting uh, career paths within the industry. So knows it left and right. But he has this knack of being the most tweetable person I've ever met. Like he just comes up with these sayings that really encapsulate a thought or an idea. And so we're going to have an episode coming up where we're going to talk about four or five of those, maybe six, depends on how long we want to go, of his his platitudes or sayings, and we're going to drill down into them and what, what they mean for you. So check out Things Out Loud with Tim Peters. It's a great show, but also look forward to a future episode where we're going to have him as a guest on the show as well. But yeah. So there we go. That's Google in a nutshell. Going to destroy us all. Bum, bum, bum. Yep. Do we have any housekeeping? I have no housekeeping. You don't keep your house? <laughs> no, my house is getting sold. You're selling your house? You sound really excited about that. I feel like your other half is pushing you in that direction. Yeah, maybe. Maybe maybe cleaning up after two giant dogs and cleaning a house every two days isn't fun. Yeah, this is true. Well, you're bringing the dogs with you, so I don't want yeah, you thinking that. Are you going to sell the dogs with the house? Uh, if you want two horses, <clears throat> they come with. Hey, Melissa, how's the training going? The training is great. Yeah? Yes, I am super excited to run 26.2 miles. So Melissa's doing her first marathon in a couple of weeks. As a steward. Yeah, two weeks in one day and counting. We're going to yes. attempt. We've heard Stuart's excuses already, so... Uh, my hip is giving me some jip, man. It is really hurting, but hey, I'm going to push through. I'm That's all you can do. Yeah. Pete, any B updates? No B updates. These are a fickle little creature. <laughs> That's all I'll say about that. Are you, are you ever going to get back into it? I probably will. He has so, the suit. I, I have the suit. I have yeah, the, the suit, the hives. You've yeah. spent all the money. Yeah. We, we, we probably will. We? So, my family. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not a just, family the, it's just a me thing. It's everybody thing. Okay. So we'll probably get back into it, but it'll be a while. Cool. 
All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening to this show. If you want the notes to this episode, you can do so by going to fueltravel.com slash podcast, clicking on episode 135. Wow. we got to start thinking, guys, guys and gals, about 150. Another Ooh, AMA. Another live AMA. Oof. Is that a demand? I don't know. I don't know. We struggle asking you guys every week for <coughs> topics to come yeah. up. So yeah. We have we'll a couple. How AMA uh, zero goes. click was a request from a client. Yep. So we'll, do, we'll do that, that, that soon. But yeah, if you have ideas for, for topics or, or slogans, we're still looking for a t-shirt slogan for our high-tech shirts. We had a few. Lauren Gray sent in a few. Um, some other folks have sent in a few. So we're still collecting those. You can hit us up with any information or questions that you have, info at fueltravel.com. Or you can hit us up on Twitter at fueltravel. Or you can just look for any of us on uh, LinkedIn. That's where most people seem to find us. So Bill Fariska, Melissa Kavanaugh. Pete DeMeo and Stuart Butler. Search for any of those on LinkedIn. You'll you'll find our ugly mugs. And Pete, if they want to find you somewhere on the webs, hey, check me out on Twitter. Pete DeMeo, P D I M M A I O. Melissa, I'm on Twitter. M A Cavanaugh, M A K A V A N A G H. Philip, find me on Twitter at P Fariska, P F O R I S K A. You can find me on Twitter at Stuart Butler. You can find us collectively at Fuel Travel. Again, the notes, fueltravel.com slash podcast. Click on episode 135. And until next time, you have been listening to the award-winning Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) How many beers have you had? Hold on. We can't have laughter. It's going to be a bad edit.